The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So it's the middle of the week, and um, sometimes at this point in the week, the enthusiasm for the practice and the tasks and what we've been uh, cultivating kind of wanes. It's like the momentum of the week builds, and the uh, it seems way more important than trying to be mindful. So if you're noticing that, it's pretty normal. And um, just gently, you know, recommit to trying to remember, you know, not in a, in a harsh way or a heavy way, but just reminding yourself. Um, and it can help to reflect on, if you have a sense for yourself, of what the benefits are of, of being able to be mindful in your daily lives. And, and, you know, the main benefits, at least in my experience, have to do with the um, being able to recognize reactivity in the process of its creation and thereby being able to um, avert reactivity. Um, and also just as you, as you get more and more familiar with daily life practice, the, the joy that comes with the practice begins to be also another benefit, the joy, the, the peace, the ease, kind of the side effects in a way of the practice begin to be much more apparent. So there's that, the two pieces. There's the diminishment of reactivity and the increase of the, the beautiful qualities that, that happen. And so if, you, if you've experienced any of that in your life, you can remind yourself of that as a way to support the, uh, the intention towards the practice. So I'd like to hear from, from you this morning about what you've been noticing. Let's stick these out there. I, I had thought actually I might do an exercise, but I've changed my mind. So, <laughs> uh, I had a lot of back and forth. You know, first I tried to do the sitting down, then I switched to picking up my back blackberry, and and that was useful, but it was really kind of charged. So I went <laughs> after last night. You talked about that, so I went back to sitting down. And uh, I actually remembered late, you know, but uh, remembered a couple of times that I was trying to be mindful either, either after I sat down or, or later. Uh-huh. And, um, and what did you notice when you became mindful? Uh, well, uh, sometimes just what was around me, uh-huh. you know, how I felt. Um, and what had pulled me off track or what I had been thinking about or where I was going or where I went five seconds later, really. Uh You know, it didn't last very long. Uh So it was was kind of like seeing what your mind had been doing effectively. Uh Yeah. Great. Yeah. That's, that's really helpful. And my mind does the same thing over and over a lot. <laughs> so so another thing we really see. <laughs> what, I, what, I, what came to me this morning that um, as, you know, my mind kind of started drifting off was uh, that I, what I started doing was saying, is this wholesome mm-hmm. to where it's drifting? 
And, you know, it seemed to me like sometimes it's just like the speech. It, sometimes it's a harsh place. Sometimes it's a, you know, I want this, I want that. And sometimes it's ju- it is wholesome. Yes, you know? yes. So I just sort of question, well, as, I, as I realize that I'm drifting off, is this wholesome? Well, pull back or, you know, uh, rethink this sometimes. That's, re- that's beautiful. Actually, that's one of the practices the Buddha did. Um, you know, it's, uh, I'll just, you know, talk, tell, tell you about this. He, he talked about, there's a sutta, I think it's number 19 or 20. I can't remember which one. It's called Two Kinds of Thought. And he said that before he was enlightened, he noticed that there were basically two kinds of thoughts. There were wholesome thoughts and unwholesome thoughts. And when they were unwholesome thoughts, he saw that they led to harm to himself, potentially to others, and that they weren't worth going there. I mean, it was that the suffering wasn't worth it. And so, you know, abandoning it. And so reflecting, basically, reflecting on the unskillfulness of those thoughts. And then he said, and then there are wholesome thoughts. And he said, and I realized with those thoughts that I could think about those thoughts for a long time and they wouldn't cause anybody harm. So these thoughts are fine. Mm-hmm. And, and then he said, you know, in the context of meditation, you know, he realized that even the wholesome thoughts after a while just created a sense of, of agitation in the mind just thinking about them and that the mind can get tired thinking about thoughts. So even though they're not causing harm, they, they create a little bit of agitation in the mind and body. And so there are times when we need to think about things. And so this is, this is essentially, I think, this is one of his main teachings on conscious thought, conscious thinking, you know, bringing mindfulness to the thinking process. So that recognizing, is it, is it wholesome or unwholesome? And if it's wholesome, is it, um, is it the time to be thinking about this? You know, is this a good time to be thinking about this? Or is it a time to go, okay, no, I've got some other things to, to be doing. So that's a, beautiful, that's a beautiful reflection to use. So thank you for bringing that in. It's, it's been helpful. And, and the, uh, the focus on t- uh, communication has been really helpful. And... You know, mostly, first I started in my immediate family situation, but it occurred to me yesterday that I could also think about that in other contexts, so that was good, too. So, so what are you noticing in that regard, hmm? in regard with the, the speaking? Uh, well, well uh, when I start hollering from another room, it might be time to, you know, stop, go to the other room, see if the person is ready to talk, you know? <laughs> Pretty basic, pretty simple, but but it's a big improvement. <laughs> and, and and what are you noticing in terms of your the state of your mind and the state of your being as oh, you do that? Huge! I f- it's just great. I mean, I just feel so much better. It's okay, just great. Right. And it's really helpful to kind of uh, highlight that for yourself. Mm-hmm. You know that this is this is helpful to do this. That's kind of what I was saying, you know, just as before we began, you know, notice the places where it is supportive and reflect on that. Yeah, thank you, Virginia. Okay, what, what's the question? What have you been noticing? About? Your practice, your daily life practice. Well, the the uh, chosen uh, task? Whatever you've been noticing. It's a very open question. Well, I'm just I'm noticing, you know, when I I'm aware of when I'm when I'm walking through the doors, 
And um, sometimes after I go through it, I'm aware that I wasn't aware that I went through it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And what are you aware of in that moment? Beside the fact that you... you my feelings, you mean about it? Well, your feelings, your, wow. you know, what, 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 what I'm pointing to here... I, I'm, I probably was kind of angry a little bit. Okay. That I... That you, that you didn't catch it at the time? Maybe. Uh-huh. So, like, you know, I talk to myself quite a bit because I'm by myself all the time, so I'm talking to myself, and I enjoy that. So I said to myself, you just missed that. You just went through that door and you didn't see it. So notice the, like, Come on, the, the frustration. <laughs> notice the notice that frustration. What does that frustration feel like? <laughs> the embodied feeling. We're going kind well, of for embodied feeling. The 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 felt sense of our experience. I wouldn't say it feels peaceful. You know, it's agitation. Uh huh. Uh huh. Maybe the mind is agitated. You know, maybe uh, maybe there's uh, there's maybe there's certain standards or values, these unrealistic standards that may still be present mm-hmm. in the in the subconsciousness. I'm really trying to get it out, and it's. Yeah. Keeps coming back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is that yeah. nice? Yeah. Keeps coming back. So one thing I just want to point to for all of you, again, and I've mentioned this a lot, is um, in the moment when you remember that you haven't remembered, I am really interested in your getting familiar with what it feels like to remember mindfulness. That quality itself of mindfulness. Is focus on the pleasure of not, remembering? Not even the pleasure. Just what is... Mindfulness is pretty neutral, actually. But the, you know, but, so what is, the, what is the, um, the experience of mindfulness returning? What is that experience? It kind of feels like the light goes on. There can be pleasure associated with it if, you know, if things are pretty calm or um, you know, if, you, if you are recognizing and able to recognize that you are not the thing that is, you know, that there's agitation, you can recognize with mindfulness that you are not that agitation and that can ca- create a sense of peace or, or happiness. But I'm not even so much interested in the happiness. I'm more interested in just the qualities of mindfulness itself, the kind of clarity, the, uh, the knowing aspect, just what does it feel like to become aware? So I'm really, really interested in your getting to know that moment. And this, the task, the, the project, helps to have kind of something to help you recognize, oh, I've forgotten. And so it kind of highlights at times, from time to time throughout the day, that moment that you've remembered about mindfulness. Like just finishing walking through the door and, oh, I just did it. In that moment, mindfulness has come back. So can you recognize that mindfulness? And for me, at least, this, this, this project or interest in exploring what does mindfulness feel like when it returns helped to um, um, cut the, the judging because 
of that I, fact that I hadn't been mindful helped to cut the judging around that because I became much more interested in that moment of remembering. I mean, every time the mind wanders off, you've got the opportunity to know what it's like to come back. And that moment is, is an amazing moment. It is like, as I, I've said a couple times, I think it's effortless mindfulness. It is just... The, it just arises, and so you really have a chance to to see it. And plus, what you get a chance kind of to see the contrast between what it's like to be present now and what it was like a moment ago to kind of be caught in your thoughts. Yeah, but that's what I'm telling you. It does not feel good to to not to not be mindful. Right, right, right. And so the, that's the, what I'm trying to say. I, the pleasure I, of I, that, I, you mean? I prefer to be mindful. I want to be mindful because yeah. it feels good to me to be aware. Yes. Yes. But I, I understand what you're saying is you know you don't want to get attached to pleasant, you know because then you, then you start you know getting into clinging. And but I'm also interested in in your seeing other qualities of awareness than the pleasantness of it. What is what what is the clarity like? What does it feel like when the mind comes back? And so the contrast between, I mean, there's the, pl- the unpleasantness of kind of having the mind lost in the spinning, and then there's the pleasantness of the mind being here. There's also kind of a quality of mind um, that you can kind of notice in the, in the transition of, of being kind of lost in that delusion of just thoughts and the kind of the, the clarity of the mind knowing what's happening in that moment. And so to, to, to really, you know, take in that moment. Um, so it's, it's a really helpful exploration. Well, I'm glad we're doing this task because uh, I was doing the, I was starting to multitask when I was brushing the teeth until the retreat. And that was probably a bad idea. Because I was, you know, I was trying. While well, I was brushing, I was trying to do a yoga posture. I was trying to, I was trying to, you know, I was trying to, you know, I was trying, you know, I was just trying to do too much, and that's, you know, that's not healthy, I guess. So that's, we had to stop that. And, you know, it's just, it's just my my illness, my thinking that, you know, I have to do all this and I can't get it done, so I've got to do multiple things at once. It's not healthy and. I'm glad this came just in time, this workshop to, you know, stop this, uh-huh. um, what do you want to call it, this trend, you know, stop this train. Yes. Stop yeah. the train. Yeah. And just, you know, just be on one seat in one car, one thing at a time, and realize that there is enough time to do what I need to do to take care of myself, and I don't have to do multiple things at once. Uh-huh. That's great. That's, that sounds like a good practice for you right now, to kind of just know what you're doing, bring that attention to that one thing. The mindful speech is very, 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 very difficult. And um, Are you able to be mindful I, I like, now I, while you are speaking? Well, it's it's not difficult in here, while uh-huh. I'm, you know, with these this group, with this space, and it's in its safe container. What I'm talking about is outside of here. Mm-hmm. And like, um, I was at the bus stop, and you know, I'm I create these whatever I'm thinking, I create it, 
And so I was thinking about, well, I need to, I really need to get some support around creating certain things for myself. And I'm thinking about older people and a certain group. I've thought about that before, and I still didn't call them. So then I met this lady at the bus stop that I'd met before, along before I've probably done a lot of the work that I've done. And um, so I drew that, <laughs> I drew that to me. And she tried to, she said a couple, she, she reminded me of me kind of in the past. And um, it was very, very tough. And um, <clears throat> so uh, very, very, very strongly, you know, how she's dressed and everything. And, and then she says to me, my sister-in-law gave me this bag. This is a Valentino bag. This is $1,500. And um, because of all the work that I've done in this massive transformation, it's like it's, it was like meaningless to me. It didn't mean a thing. And I didn't want to hurt this lady, but she's very intense about it. You know, and it's like, and so I didn't know what to, <laughs> so I just said to her, well, does that make you happy? <laughs> I didn't know what to say. And she said, my sister-in-law gave it to me. You know, and I just like, you know, I didn't know what to do with this lady, you know, and this, you know, it was very tough. And I said, well, you remind me a lot of how I used to be. And she goes, well, you're not 86 years old. I said, no, in other areas. And I didn't tell her because, you know, I'm not going to, you know, she's not going to get it. But And she said, my boyfriend gave me this bracelet. And I said, I didn't say anything. And I said, well, it matches your outfit. I'm always matching. And it was, it was very... So what was difficult? It because like it was were... triggering for me because okay. I used to be like that. Okay. And so um, it's, it was very, very, it was very, very deep for me. Okay, so it was kind of a painful um, well, encounter in a way. Well, it was very tough for me. Uh-huh. Now, but when you it, say, it sounds like you were able to, I mean, you know, you, you were thinking about how to respond each time. So, it, you know, it sounds like you were being aware. I really wasn't reacting a lot because of the, the work that I've done. I'm so different, and she wasn't able to see that. But I, I was able to look at her. And it, it was really hard to look. It was hard to even look at her um, and, and know that that's how I, I used to be, and uh, to a degree. And, um, so what I'm saying, though, is it sounds like there was actually, you were I, saying it was hard. And I'm saying, actually, it sounds like there is quite a bit of mindfulness going on. It's just that you're mindful of things that are hard and not pleasant. And so frame it for yourself that there is the mindfulness there. It's not, you know, it's not that, it's, um, that you're not able to be mindful in that situation. You are. It's just at, you're seeing some painful things. Well, I'm, I'm just profoundly grateful that I drew her to me so that I could see that how you know, I used to be and um and so this this happens quite a bit now that I run into that, and um she wasn't able to get too much of a reaction out of me, and I think that really annoyed her um and I'm just using this all this stuff to teach myself, and it's extremely valuable for me um then last night, 
I wasn't able to sit because I had ate enough for three or four people at lunch. And um, God let myself get awfully hungry like I didn't eat for like 14 hours. And then I got at eight. So then even though it was five hours later, I couldn't sit. I just knew I was too full. So I started walking, walking meditation. And then I got a very uh, deep uh, revelation about this issue that keeps coming up about uh, this comparing, well, you know, you used to be like this, and now you're not like this, and then it creates all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And because of the work that I've done, it's you know, I keep I keep running into this, and it's it's overwhelming to me because I spent so much time in a way that was, you know, so completely opposite of the way I'm now. So then I have to deal with that. I haven't really dealt with a lot of that yet. Mm-hmm. So then I'm using. Reflection. So last night I was reflecting on it, and then I, and so then I realized that it's first of all that it, it that it's empty, and that I um that's not who I am, and and so you know it's it's ridiculous. If that if that really is not who I am, then I have to realize too. Then this is not who I am. Then what's to compare? Yes, yes. What's to compare? What are you comparing? And so you know that 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 was like that. So that this could be like this. And you can't say you know that that is better than this. It's just that was that and this is this. And then I thought, well, it's Anika. What do you expect? And that you are not the personality. And that everything is Anika. Everything is all, everything that's conditioned is impermanent and inherently empty. And that's the way it is. And so... You can drop it. <laughs> Could you drop it? I, I, I did. I did. I guess I, I you know, I'm, I'm able to drop it for short periods of time. <laughs> I know you're looking for. <laughs> maybe that's also permanent. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm looking. I'm very much looking to drop it permanently. Obviously, you know, I'm, I'm looking for the. I'm looking for a permanent release. I mean that's that's why I'm here because I want the permanent I want permanent permanent unbinding. So um well, thank you Sophia. Thank you. Bud. Well, that uh brings up the issue of uh of blowing it in terms of uh awareness in the repetitive tasks. Because even though I keep reminding myself to be aware of pressing the start button on my car, I haven't been able to do it only once, actually, and only once. I usually wake up to the fact that uh, I missed it about three or four minutes after I'm behind the wheel and driving down the highway. And uh, I've noticed that... uh, that the realization that I haven't done it produces a certain amount of pain. Um, And 
it registers as a, a failure, mm-hmm. and a sense of failure. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so uh, exploring the, uh, the reaction to that takes a little bit of work, actually, because as, we, as we've talked about in, in other sessions, you, you have to turn towards it, towards the pain, and let it take you down and sit with it and let it go through all of its machinations and see compassion arise around it and watch it go away. And that takes a fair amount of work, actually. So I just thought I'd put that on the table Mm -hmm. as an experience uh, in when you're not mindful (laughs) and not able to do this. And, and when the judgment arises around Judgment arises, and it doesn't do very much good to say, oh, second arrow, third arrow, fourth arrow. You really have to deal with the arrows <laughs> instead of just simply observing them because this upset won't let you go until you deal with it. Yeah. You turn towards it, let it take you down, feel the down, uh, embody it, watch it change as everything does, and see it. Okay, all right. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Next time. So I just thought I'd add that. In a, yeah, and in that's true. That's, that's a lot of what, what we need to do because we will find ourselves judging. I mean, yeah. the judgment has already arisen. And so, you know, often we... I'm putting it out there that it's helpful to notice that moment partly as a kind of a, a way perhaps to kind of circumvent some of that judgment that might happen. Because um, if you can get interested in that moment of remembering, sometimes that interest itself will help to circumvent the judgment. But if what you're waking up in already is the judgment, then that's what you need to attend to. There's no point in saying, oh, you know, judgment, you know, doesn't exist. I need to pay attention to mindfulness. So what you're waking up into is the judgment. And so noticing that, noticing the feeling of that um, and and attending to it. And and one thing I will say, though... um, is that you know we can we can get into expectations about how something will unfold when we've seen it unfold in that way a lot. Um, so just be aware of whether there's any belief operating that this exploration takes a long time and that belief itself can actually I mean it's like that you know having that belief of this is how this has to unfold you know sometimes it unfolds that way other times it can unfold another way so being being open to the unfolding in this moment well uh, a cautionary tale for myself is that maybe I'll just I'll just put this out. Uh, maybe I'm not being aware because I don't want to go through the whole litany of of the consequence of failing to be aware. So I'll just distract my mind from the whole scenario <laughs> and to hell with it. <laughs> that's I think that's a possibility. <laughs> it could be. <laughs> Thank you, Bud. Linda. 
I think the morning opened with reactivity. And I'm extremely reactive about my job. Um, and um, yesterday, I had a discussion with my principal about um, a very expensive um, reading program that they use in the school. And um, it's a reading program I know how to use. And it's ideally is combined with another very expensive library program for circulation that I also know how to use. And to use them effectively, it takes a full-time person. You know, to use them effectively, the system takes a full-time person with, who's knowledgeable and has time to actually put the books on the shelf, which I do not. Um, and so after reflecting on that, and it was two hours after I should have left work, and I was still there trying to do something after seeing probably 150 kids during the day, each one with four books, turning in and checking out. Not good. And so I was exhausted. But as soon as I woke up this morning, I became extremely reactive, like, I'm going to write her a letter, and I'm going to say this and this and this and this and this. You know? And um, when you mentioned reactivity, it's like, I don't want to take my day off. I'm exhausted to write a letter that she's not going to be able to respond to and it's going to aggravate her and everybody else and it's got, going to draw attention to me and why do I waste my time? But I still, <laughs> I still would like to... And it's, it's a situation that's repeated all across California in, in the schools and it's not something I'm going to be able to solve. Mm-hmm. But... And so then I became reactive about, um, well, if I can't write the letter and straighten the situation out, then I'm just going to look for another job, and I'm going to quit. And then when I quit, I'll write him this letter. <laughs> and so I'm... So the exploration I'd suggest for you is around... Um, um, you know, there, it seems like there's an it, there's an interesting place, and sometimes reactivity does come up when you see a need for something. You know, you see that there's a legitimate need there, and you see that perhaps people aren't seeing things clearly, and so there's reactivity. Um, and then it seems like there becomes this dichotomy. You know, it's kind of like, well, either I, you know, either I make them see the way I do, or I can't be there. You know, it's kind of like. Um, we, we, we put, paint things in very stark terms for ourselves. And a lot of life is not quite so cut and dried, you know. And, but it does take, I mean, it's not as if um, we just, I mean, when we see a legitimate kind of need for education, understanding, that kind of thing, can we approach that with um, a kind of an open heart as opposed to, I'm right, you're wrong, 
you know, trying to, you know, in a gentle way, um, let people understand how you see it, you know, whether or not they see it that way or not, but to just, you know, say, here's what I understand about how this program works and what would be helpful for this program. You know, it, it helps to to put it out there, even a little bit at a time. You know, change happens sometimes because somebody is willing to really, you know, pick up the, the band and, and go with it. But um, sometimes also change happens by people, you know, being willing to just kind of incrementally say things. For you, the way to navigate that may be to find a way to speak about it where you're not coming from reactivity, but instead coming from compassion. That, that you know, this would be more effective for the children in this way. And the other piece that has to happen here is that you have to let go of results. Now that you put it out there with compassion, but not necessarily with the, um, the demand that others change to uh, the way that you think is appropriate. Um, so it's, it's a kind of a balancing act that we have to, to, to navigate. But the key, really, I mean, the, the reactivity you were actually pointing to, well, it's not good for that person. It makes them aggravated. It's also not good for you to be in that reactivity. Um, it, it's, you know, it, you noticed this morning it was stressful. It was unpleasant. It was, you know, that is direct feedback that that's not such a helpful way to be. But there can be, I mean, you can, you can calm that reactivity down and in that calming down kind of see the pieces. Somebody was talking about last night that she got an email and that, you know, there was a rea- immediate reactivity to the email, but when she kind of broke it apart, it's like, oh, no, I, I'm, I'm fine with that part. That part's kind of neutral. Here's the part I'm reactive to. And to kind of tease, a, tease apart what, where the reactivity actually is and then see if you can respond out of some more um, skillful motivation, generosity, kindness, compassion, as opposed to react out of, this is wrong, this is bad. So that, you know, kind of that, that this is wrong, this is bad, that kind of feeling of injustice, injustice can come up when we see something that is, it, that's not working well. And yet if we're re- reacting out of that, often our actions are not so skillful. So taking that energy of seeing the injustice and seeing if you can link it with compassion as opposed to um, anger. So it's a challenge, but um, that's a place to explore. I mean, because we often think, well, if I'm not going to act out of anger, then I'm, I just can't. It, it means I'm not going to act. But we, um, you know, in this practice, we can begin to understand there are some skillful ways, skillful motivations around which we can orient our action. Compassion being one of them, generosity, another. So, exploring, exploring that some. Does that resonate? Yeah. And then um, the compassion and generosity, I think, probably um, probably needs to be ex- um, shown to myself first because I'm exhausted. Yes. Physically. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. 
So I, I don't need to be there two hours after I should have left. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah, so that's what I'm getting. I keep thinking, well, if I just stay another half an hour and work really hard. But no, it's an endless thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so that's a, that's a, that's a key point for you, too, is that directing that towards yourself. Making, finding a place where you can be stable and at ease and from there, it's easier to respond instead of react. Thank you. Thank you, Linda. Maybe somebody on this side of the room? Maureen. Um, my tasks were... Um, watching my mental proliferation as a recurring task and doing the dishes as my chore. And um, I had this sort of interesting experience on the way here that I was experiencing mental proliferation around um, emails that I had sent out soliciting help because I have to go out of town and so I've got volunteer gigs that I have to cover and I've got a business partner and I've got these little things that need to be done and they haven't all resolved themselves so that the proliferation was a bit like one of those lottery machines or a popcorn popper where all these things were happening and crashing into each other and there would be these little pits of anxiety that would come up and it was sort of in the background because I was, I was late because I looked at the email and reacted to the email. And I was driving and it was, I realized that I wasn't quite present anywhere. And so I was getting on to 101 and I thought, well, you might as well drive. You know, because this, I couldn't do anything about what was going on. I noticed that I was proliferating. And in front of me was this amazing truck. And it was sort of half electric truck, and it had an old-style cement mixer on the back of it. Just the sort of thing that you'd, you'd, you'd use in your backyard to put in a little bit of a sidewalk or something. And it was really cool. It was like, whoa, look, what in heaven's name could this thing possibly be for? And it sort of did that, that takes up too much room and, and it must be heavy or something because it wasn't very big. And it was, it was like <gasps> such a little gift in whatever little evil machinations were going on in my head. Uh-huh. And so what happened in that moment? I mean, it sounds like you kind of flipped identities in a way. Did you notice how, you know, yes. that? Uh-huh. Yes. Yes. So what, it was, what, what was so... There was such a difference between the, the sort of cramped and closed feeling and the surprise uh-huh. and the delight that I had at seeing this Dr. Seuss vehicle. And it was like, whoa, did you see that? <laughs> this is all in your head. Yes, uh, great, great. Okay, so you saw kind of the flip of, you know, just like having been this one thing and then it really begins to point to how we take on identities. I have observed self-creation a lot in the last 
like 24 hours. It's um, there seems to be a point where a self starts evolving, getting created, that my filters get more and more distorting. It's like maybe I'm seeing clearly and then all of a sudden I'm seeing something from a needy filter uh-huh. or an angry filter or a frustrated filter. And it's like, and it's a self. Yes. It is a constructed self. And it's almost as if each little reaction, and I could see that the whole idea of um, you, you experience things that you don't want and you want things that you don't have. Right now, because I'm, I'm having to ask for things and make arrangements, I'm experiencing a lot of that not getting. It's like, oh, I need help here. Oh, I haven't got an, an answer. And a self self assembles in response to this. And it's like, and it goes away like that. Yes. And that's that's an important part to recognize, actually. You know that 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 um, that identity that's kind of in the proliferation goes; it disappears when the identity around the cement truck comes <laughs> up. It's like, you know, wow, who's this now? <laughs> this really reminds me. I'll just tell this story. Um, on a retreat once, there there was a. Um, this guy in the meditation hall that kept asking these questions, and it drove me nuts the way he asked these questions. And I would argue with him in my mind, you know, and, <laughs> and you know, my logical, you know, scientific mind would just, you know, get into these grinchy arguments with him. And, you know, I was doing walking meditation one day and noticing that I was in this arguing, and I was like kind of really, okay, I really need to pay attention to this. I was being mindful of it. I wasn't just lost in it, but, you know, I was kind of being being mindful of it. And, you know, feeling the pain and the struggle of being this identified 40-year-old, you know, rational-minded being that had disagreements with this person in my mind. It was like I was seeing all of that. And, um, and then this truck drove up this truck, you know, the delivery truck for the retreat center drove up and it like rumbled and rattled and, you know, the, 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 the mind was paying attention and it picked up on all this rumbling and rattling and then the, 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 the brakes went and the mind switched instantly from this 40-year-old argumentative being to this two-year-old, oh, it's a truck! And <laughs> <laughs> just like, wow, that is so cool! And it was such a, a flip. It was such a contrast. It's like, wow. You know, just like, just like what you, you described. It's like seeing the flip of identity and seeing that was just a construction. This is also a construction. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's, and it's very interesting to begin to recognize these constructions as creations that come and go. Did you have anything more to talk about? Okay. Thank you, Maureen. Um, Linda. Um, I wanted to just check on some experience that I had that when I was doing the opening doors, then I remember to put a, 
post-it note on. So I have post-it notes everywhere. <laughs> and so then when I approached it, it's like, well, well, of course I'm going to remember. I've got a post-it note sitting there. <laughs> Why am I doing this? And I got all sort of like, I don't, I don't understand this anymore. And I, and I remembered this is to cultivate con- continuity of awareness, <laughs> the voice kind of is saying. But I was getting more and more feeling like a, a spring tightening. Uh-huh. Um, and this is just so repetitive and stupid. Uh-huh, kind yeah. of uh-huh. silly thing to do. And then all of a sudden, it's like a voice spoke that said, how does this feel in your body? Oh. And it, it, it just went like loose all of a sudden. Uh-huh. And my attention was directed in a completely different way, and then I kind of had a sense of, oh, I can come back to this sort of neutral. When this... Mm, Thing happens. I don't have to just keep doing it over and over. I can yes. do this other thing. And I had a similar experience only when I woke up in that one. I was actually on the highway. Uh-huh. Oh, driving might be a good thing to do. <laughs> you know, I can, because I was like, again, I had that question, how can I stop this? And uh, So in that moment, what happened as you woke up into that moment? What did what happened to you? And you had the thought driving might be a good thing to do. Then you know, paying attention to driving the vehicle, driving while you're driving would be a really good thing right now. <laughs> um, and I was like, well, yeah. <laughs> and then I relaxed it. Uh huh. Uh huh. And then I had a sense of oh, it's hard to describe that that some of this is very impersonal. Um, that I don't, if I, once I stopped it, uh, going over and over and over with these things, if I just relax, then things start not to be so personal. Yes. So that's an experience that one has in the sense. Oh, uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> so I thought, well, this is odd. But it's not the first time, actually. Uh-huh. In meditation, I've had that happen where I go, oh, this awareness is not personal. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Now, I mean, what you're describing, it sounds great. And, and it's, it's actually working the way, um, you know, it, it, it is intended that, you know, you have this kind of task that does seem like it's stupid and silly. And, you know, what's the point of this? It's like, you know, what's the point of paying attention to breathing? It's like it cultivates awareness. And you're noticing now, I mean, the point, as I said from the beginning, isn't to so much to remember that specific thing it's to get familiar with remembering and you did i mean it's like it's it's starting to happen it's like you know you're driving down the freeway noticing this pattern of and you're waking up into it and it's impacting your ability to be in the world um and you're also it's you're also beginning to see some of the you know it's, it, it's a, a, an insight that you had around the impersonality of the experience. So you're starting to see things. And we can have these insights in our daily lives. So thank you. Meryl. So this question is sort of related to both what Maureen and Linda just said. Um, um, 
I guess I'll give this scenario first. Um, yesterday, I, I was tired, so I used malas because I was having a um, difficulty just concentrating in the body. There was a lot of pain in lots of places. So what I often will do is I can bring concentration by touching. So I, mm-hmm. I used the um, malas. I was doing a little bit of metta um, to bring um, yeah, awareness because when I touch, I can... And then I can go from that to sitting sometimes afterwards when there's a um, more concentration there. Um, so I was noticing um, that each time I was touching the bead, I was very, very aware of touching in a very different way than I've been aware of touching before. And I use the malas and I'll pause and I'll use each mala like for a phrase of metta. And then I'll pause between each of them and then go on. And so there was a lot of awareness. I was seeing sometimes I would be turning the bead in my finger or, or, or whatever. Um, and I started doing the metta with myself. And then I started doing it for others. Um, so the question that's related to what Linda said, periodically a voice would come up. Like, um, well, I'm going to step back. Um, sometimes I was aware of my motivation to change. I was also aware... To change what? To change the person doing metta. Oh, I see. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a thought would come up, oh, I should do this person. Right. And then there, there's sometimes a thought would be like, no, let's just stay doing what we're doing now. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there would be that moment where I wanted to go forward in my mind to do something else. So it was sort of like I was seeing the activity a little bit more yeah, uh-huh. of, of the mind. Yes. Okay. But the question that I had is sometimes different voices come up, like the one that says, no, you should stay on this meta," or the voice that says, oh, mm, you're a little reactive here. Or, like this morning, the voice that said, last night you didn't spend a lot of time toothbrush meditation. Today, this morning, let's try. So, where do those voices come from? And and, and the other thing is, which do you... I mean, this is a very large question, but there's some that I find that are very skilled. Mm -hmm. There's the voices that arise... Now, is this me, myself, and I selfing when these voices come up? Is this awareness? Because some of them were very helpful. It was like, yeah, I am a little averse here. Yep. I think I'll just stay doing meta to this person and, and see what's happening. Um, and it was very interesting because within each of those pauses... Sometimes there was just space, um, but yet with the intention to go to the next bead, I was aware of, and, and, and often it was just very different with each bead. So I, I wanted to ask about that. So it's an interesting question, you know, that, I mean, my, my understanding um, is that, I mean, everything arises due to causes and conditions. I mean, these are, it's causes and conditions that are creating these thoughts. Um, and sometimes, sometimes, I mean, it sounds to me like these are thoughts that are arising. 
that you're noticing that are arising. They're, they're not so much um, that you are thinking consciously. It's that they're kind of popping up. Um, and this, this, is, this is something that Gill sometimes says. He says, you know, the, the function, one of the functions of the mind is to produce thoughts. You know, it will do that. It will produce thoughts. And we can be aware when the mind does that. And then, you know, in noticing that the mind is producing thoughts, you know, sometimes thoughts are produced out of a combination of, um, you know, greed, aversion, delusion, plus, you know, whatever's going on in your mind, some intention and some formation, and then the thought will arise. I don't like that person. Okay, you know, aversion has motivated that thought, probably. Other times, there is wisdom in the mind. And wisdom, kindness, are motivating thoughts. So, and sometimes, sometimes actually, you know, intention too, that factor of intention that I talked about, sometimes it will, um, it will manifest as a thought. I mean, there's the impulse. And then sometimes right after we get that impulse, we say to ourselves, oh, I'm going to do that. You know, it's kind of like, you know, the, oh, I'm going to go get a drink of water. You know, the impulse has arisen to get a drink of water. Oh, I'm going to get a drink of water. You know, that, that thought just pops into the mind. So sometimes the um, thoughts will be kind of an expression of an intention. And that, that almost is like, uh, I think that's kind of what Linda was describing, just that, what, what did you say it was... Um, what does this feel like? Or, you know, some, that thought popped into your mind. That sounds to me like an expression of the intention towards the experience of, of coming into the awareness. And, and that that just is what kind of naturally followed. Um, so there's different ways that these thoughts come together. None of them are I, me, or mine. Sometimes a, a thought is created that... Um, I mean, none of them are self, let's say. None of them are self. The, the selfing process is a mental process. Um, and sometimes thoughts are created out of that selfing process. They, they will tend to be um, motivated out of greed, aversion, or delusion if they're coming out of that, like, I need to do this, or I am... I am right, they are wrong. That kind of thing is coming out as a thought coming out of a selfing process. Um, but all thoughts don't necessarily come out of that. You know, some thoughts, it's that the mind produces thoughts, and sometimes wisdom motivates thoughts. So part of our, our task is we become aware of thoughts as they come up. Kind of what I was saying, I think, to someone about, oh, it was Virginia about the, the kinds of thoughts, skillful versus unskillful. Noticing, you know, it, it's, it's, it's sometimes we just have to kind of take the intuition of you kind of had a sense of, oh, yeah, that thought to switch actually kind of felt like it was coming out of a little aversion. So it is time to just stay. I mean, so you knew. Intuitively, you knew which one was kind of more skillful. And so you need to trust that and then kind of reflect. You know, you may want to reflect at some point. It's like, oh, okay, well, you know, I followed through on that particular thought, and in retrospect, it wasn't such a good idea. 
And so we, we, you know, we have to learn from having made some misjudgments. I mean, sometimes, you know, it's like, you know, I was talking, I think, at one point about that horizon of uncon- the unconscious getting lower as we uh, practice. Um, you know, the intentions, the deeper intentions that can't be seen um, and, until the mindfulness gets stronger. You know, sometimes there are kind of, you know, deeper motivations we can't see. And at in the surface level, it seems like, yeah, that seems fine. But then the consequences and the results seem to point, well, okay, you know, maybe there was something I didn't quite see or understand or something I didn't know. So what can I learn from that? So, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a navigation through that terrain. Um, you know, often we'll get Dharma thoughts. And, you know, sometimes I felt like when I was like in... in um, on retreat, I would get these these images or things. I felt like coded meditation instructions, you know. I'd see a ball bouncing through a window. It's like, what does that mean? <laughs> it felt like it was trying to tell me something, but <laughs> so so no, just knowing when to let go, <laughs> when to um, um, when to act. You know, it's it's a kind of an intuitive process there. You know, um, between some of the beads, sometimes in that pausing space, there was just space. There's like no need to act, no need to do anything. And sometimes there was, you could see when there was more of that attachment to, to wanting or having or to move on to the next beat. And uh-huh. sometimes just in that space, there was like um, an uncomfortable sometimes mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. to just sort of be... In that space. Right, yeah. without having to create any type of action whatsoever. It sounds like you were seeing a lot in that meditation. I mean, your mind sounds like it was pretty clear the way you were... The way you're reporting it, it sounds very clear that you were seeing a lot of these kind of subtle very subtle movements of, ooh, you know, uncomfortableness in this space. Oh, I want to go on to that next bead, you know. So really just allowing yourself to, to take that in. But the, a question I have, though, is like with this intention and motivation. Intention, is it a thought? Intention isn't quite a thought, um, I mean, depending on what you call thought. I mean, it's not, it doesn't have to be something that is expressed as words in the mind or as an image in the mind. It, does, it can be just kind of an, an impulse kind of thing. So it doesn't have to be a thought. Often it comes into our consciousness expressed as a thought. But it can be, I mean, I know it can be like a body sensation or something else, but part of looking then at intention is seeing maybe the inkling, that, that point when it first yeah. arises. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. And it's time to stop. So thank you all. I see some of you this evening. <laughs>